So let's read our text for this morning. God's Word says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And I was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So there's a lot of dilemma, right? As we have we spoken, what is the origin of the world, the origin of the universe, where the humans come from, what are humans? Last year, uh, last year, last week, we kind of covered right an overview. We didn't. It's not a super deep dive, but we covered an overview of how everything came to be. It is really simpler than we think. One day there was nothing, and the next. God created it through His Word. We see that God created it in order. There was a purpose to what He made. The earth was full of water, and He didn't create humans in the waters for them to drown immediately. He separated the waters. He separated the land, separated light from darkness. He created things to fill the heavens. He created things to fill the waters. He created things to walk on land. And finally, he created not something, but someone to govern all that had been created. Man was created differently. There is an innate responsibility that man has and a purpose that he has on earth. If we remember the account of creation, the way God created was He spoke. He, there was an event that happened, and then it was good. God declared it good. We can see that creation, and we can see God's goodness through His creation. But when He created man and woman... When I, see it, when I say man, it's including humanity, right? Then he declared creation very good. Now, why make a big deal of humanity? Well, because humanity is consistently being attacked and trying to be made less than what it actually is. Many of you... Growing up in public school, including myself, maybe even in private school. From, since I could remember, we were taught 
about evolution, how everything happened by accident, how humans evolved from some ape-like creature. And at the end of the day, we're all just animals. God contradicts all that by making us in his own image, in the image of God he created him. None of the animals were created in God's image. None of the animals were molded by God. Only humans. Let's turn to Genesis 2, verse 7. Here we have another account of creation with more details into what went into creating, creating man. Verse 7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So notice already from the beginning, the creation of man is way different. Everything else, all the animals, the birds, every creeping thing was God spoke, and it was so. But now God... It almost seems like he takes a pause, right, from speaking and decides to mold with his own hands the crown of his creation. Not only does he mold it, but he breathes life into the nostrils. Now we see that, again, seeing the goodness of God, his planning, his care, he wasn't, all right, Adam. Here you go, you're human, you're breathing, figure it out. Verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. God provided somewhere for him to live. Now Adam, at this point, doesn't know agriculture. So how is he going to eat? God got that cover too. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first was Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Delium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gion. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Well, God describing just how magnificent the location of where Adam was being taken care of is. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it again the crown jewel of creation not only did God take a pause from speaking creation into existence he molded man breathed into his nostrils provided a place for him to live provided the food for him all these are gifts from God and not only that but gave him a, a purpose for being and that purpose was to work the land and keep it. Very intentional what God is doing. Now, if we try to look at what modern culture 
is trying to explain on the creation of humans, or I'm sorry, they don't even call it creation, how humans came to be, the evolution. Just doing a quick search, I use duck, duck, goose, duck, duck, go. And I just put in origin of man. What does the modern thinking minds have to say about the origin of man? Well, some say man came to be or first started evolving anywhere between 8 and 4 million years ago. Just, you know, 4 million to give or take. No big deal. Uh, others, Wikipedia says probably about seven years ago. Okay, they got a different kind of science, a little bit more specific. Um, they also say that the modern humans, so there was some different type of human, the modern humans about 200,000 years ago, so that they got a different than the other ones, okay? Um, another type of human, early relatives to us, was 2.4 million to 1.4 million years ago. So they got a different measuring stick as well. Um, Encyclopedia Britannica says about 250,000 years ago is when the first modern human began to show and present himself on the earth. Um, and out of the seven here, none of them agree with each other. <laughs> Khan Academy says 200 to 300,000 years ago is when the first early kind of creature that started looking like a human appeared. And then about 50,000 years ago is when we started looking like we look now. It's not an exact science as you can see, or even a similar science, but yet, this is what is accepted as truth in today's society. You descended from some kind of animal way back, maybe 80 million, maybe 4 million, maybe 7 million years ago. Eventually things happened and you happen to look the way you do today. Except now you don't evolve from an animal, now you're born through your mother Somehow, somewhere in those eight to seven million years, the animals figured out we can't evolve, so now we have to give birth. Um, so yeah, that is what is accepted as truth now. That is what's accepted as, that's the only possible explanation on how we can have humans. Well, what are some implications of thinking that? Well, some implications of thinking that is that human life is invaluable. That human life does not matter. And some implications of that is that you need to love animals more than you love humans. How dare you give a puppy away, but you can throw your baby in a dumpster. How dare you kill a fish to eat for food, but you can murder someone in the streets. We have become an upside-down society thinking that humans are nothing but disposable animals. Do you 
have a lot of anger and you lash out, well, you're just an animal. There's no sin to have to deal with. There's no responsibility you have to take. You're just an animal. So do what you want. Does this make you happy? Go ahead and do it. Animals, when they're hungry, they go kill and they eat. You're feeling angry with someone? Go ahead. You can kill them. You can steal from them. You can insult them. You can treat them badly. But that is far from the truth and that is far from the plan that God had for humanity. Now it's important for us to understand that God designed man, not just spoke them into existence, but He designed us. In Genesis 1, as we read, God created man in His likeness and in His image. A very simple explanation of this that I found is like you're drawing the portrait of someone, right? Now, I wouldn't do that because a person would look nothing like they do in real life. But true talented artists will draw a portrait of someone that looks exactly like them. I've seen some portraits that are more realistic than the person themselves. Scary how good some people are. Yet this portrait is not that person, right? We understand that. If I have a picture of my wife, the picture is not my wife. My wife is over there. And so what God did with humanity is he made us almost like a portrait of him to signify or, or represent his glory, represent his goodness. He didn't create Adam to go and kill and to destroy, but to work the land, to govern it, to take care of it, to show how good God is. Of course, we know this was corrupted later, and we'll be addressing that in future lessons. But we hold a very important responsibility, which is to show God to the world. The elephant doesn't have to worry about this. The shark doesn't have to worry about this. The eagles don't have to worry about this. They were not made in the image and likeness of God, but humans were. Now, there's a lot we can learn about humanity through the account, the history of the creation of man. Again, if you look at evolutionary history and the way they try to explain humanity, we were some dumb brutes many, many millions of years ago or hundreds of thousands of years, whichever one you decided to look at. We had to wait a long time to be useful for anything. We didn't even speak. We couldn't use tools. But we see that from the very beginning, God gave man the ability 
to be useful, to work. They had intelligence. They were able to make decisions. They had companionship. God is a God that is relational. He uses in the account the words us and our in Genesis. And like God, God created man to be relational as well. He created man and he created his helper, woman. And we see in the beauty of this telling, if you go back to Genesis, Genesis 2, we see that man had speech from the beginning. And not only speech, but it said that poetry is a very high form of speech, very high form of communication. I, for one, am not a poet. You can ask my wife. I'm good at dad jokes. I'm pretty good at that. At least in my own mind, I think I am. But we see this beautiful from the beginning, how God created man complete, whole. He didn't have to wait thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of years to be a useful person. In verse 22, we see in the rib uh, 21. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. We're getting the account of how God created women and the rib that the Lord had taken that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man again notice the details the precision it takes the guesswork out of it again look at your at the evolutionary history 8 million years ago 10 million years ago 400,000 years ago okay doesn't explain really anything. But here God is very descriptive. Then the man said, Adam wakes up, wakes up, sees this. What we can all assume is a beautiful woman. And not only is Adam's first recorded words found here, but it's not just blabbering, right? It's poetry, as Chance had mentioned. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. How beautiful is that? God didn't create some dumb animals that eventually became human. Humanity is not an accident that just happened to win the evolutionary lottery. Humanity is a crown jewel of of creation that God very specifically designed and brought to life. Complete, full, intelligent. 
Yet, if you go out and t talk to your science teachers or whatever, and you present this to them, they will think you're the crazy one. God has designed us to be relational, very from the very beginning. We, creation shows how good God is, and man is also good. They were a moral being. They were created by God to understand what's right and wrong. He created us with that ability. We were created differently from animals because animals don't know what's right and wrong. They live off of instinct. If you have a cat and he's been a cat in your house since they were a kitten, and you always feed them the good cat food, the one that's refrigerated, and you, fill, you give them filtered water. But one day he gets lost, and he's out in the wilderness. He'll probably struggle for a few days. But what's amazing about animals is that they have instincts. And that cat will not die of hunger. He will find a rat, a squirrel, a bird, something to eat, and it will survive. They live off of instincts. We, however, God made us to make decisions, to think. We have the ability to know what's right and wrong. We have God's Word to help us learn those things in case we don't. Animals are not righteous or sinful. They're just animals. God is holy. And so we must accurately reflect God when we most attentively obey His standards of right and wrong. And God prepared humanity to do a job. Again, it's not just randomly without purpose. God took care of the creation. Remember, He didn't create Adam when the whole world was full of water. He prepared the world for humanity. He placed the animals for humans. He placed the plants for humans. And as we read that account, there was no death at that point, right? That's why God gave the plants and the fruits for man to eat and for the animals to eat. At one point in human history, we were all vegans. There was no death. There was no need to shed the blood of the animal. The plants and the fruits that God had provided were more than enough for us. God created a helper for Adam. He didn't leave Adam by himself. Again, God, we see the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three in creation. And that's another way we show God's likeness and image is through our relationships. It is not good for man to be alone. That's one of the things, the only thing that where God says it's not good was for man to be alone. 
We are created to have companionship, to have relationships. And the greatest relationship that God designed for us, as we've seen, that can keep us from sin the most is marriage. We go back to Genesis 2, 7, 23. After Adam wakes up, he sees this beautiful woman, a human for him. He breaks out in poetry. Immediately, God implements marriage. Marriage is a natural thing. Marriage is beautiful. And marriage is created in order for us to have that personal relationship with someone else. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father, verse 24, and his mother, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Marriage is even designed by God as a man and a woman coming together to become one flesh. It's awesome to see just how methodical God is in His planning and His execution, providing all that we need in order that we can be reflection of His image and His likeness. So as we can see, through the creation of man, that God is revealing a lot of characteristics about himself. We call them attributes. He's an all-powerful God. We see that throughout all of creation, there's no one else that can speak something to existence from nothing. We can see that He is good because as He is creating and everything is created, He declares it good. When He creates man, He is very good. We see that He is a gracious and giving God because not only did He just create man, but He created where He could live, how to eat. And it gave Him a purpose for his life, which was to work. Not only that, but God is a caring God because he understood that man needed to have companionship. So he didn't leave him alone on earth. Earth is not full of a bunch of men. You look around, we're men and women. As we're going to study later, unfortunately, this perfect plan, this perfect design of God is ruined by men. They sinned. And later in Genesis, we find in Genesis 5.3 that sadly now, 
as humanity is still a great creation of God. And the best that God created, we now resemble in the likeness, in the image of Adam that sinned. When Adam, Genesis 5, 3, when Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. And throughout scripture, we're going to see God designing, preparing, and putting into place a plan to redeem that image, to redeem that likeness. And that was achieved through his son, Jesus. We'll study that more detail as we continue to go. Now, that doesn't mean that we're no longer important, that we're no longer great. Uh, a great creation in front of God but as now we're tainted with sin and we need someone to redeem us that someone is Jesus students as you continue to go through your life whether it be high school when you go off to college you're going to continue being bombarded with these lies that contradict scripture of how everything came to be, on how you came to be. That you're just an animal. Humans are not important. But we are so important and we're so precious in the eyes of God that even after Adam sinned, and now passes that sin down to us that God made a plan for redemption. And we can get a peek of that, John 17, verse 20, as Jesus speaking. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. God wants to restore us to his image, to his likeness. And he's done that in your lives, in some of your lives already, so that you can go and be a testimony of God's goodness, of God's glory. Even after sin and after the fall of man, God still takes great care of us. He knows each and every one of us individually. There's two examples of this, of how God knows us even before we are born. It says, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. In creation, God took a pause, molded man, formed him, breathed into him, provided everything for him perfectly. All he had to do was work the land. The food was there. His companion, his wife was there. 
After the fall, the work would become harder. But nonetheless, God never stopped loving humanity. Speaking to Jeremiah, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. None of us here are an accident. God knew each and every single one of us. There's always a huge debate whether a baby in the womb is a baby or is human. Again, where does that come from? It comes from a denial of Scripture. It comes from a hate of truth, a hatred of truth. We see that even before formed you, God knew Jeremiah. He was a human in the womb. Because that's exactly how God intended it to be. We are never not human. We're human from conception. We have feelings, we have emotions. Luke 141, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. Mary's pregnant with Jesus. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Luke 141, And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. God cares about humanity more than anything else in creation. Don't allow yourself, students, to be convinced otherwise. Don't allow yourself to believe the lies that this modern society puts out to try to steer you away from the truth of Scripture. The very simple truth. As you read Scripture and you read about these men that wrote Scripture, wrote Scripture, It was a given that God had created. There are no doubts about that. Many ancient civilizations stole from, borrowed from the telling of creation to create their own creation narratives. Genesis by historians and archaeologists is the oldest creation account to exist in human history. Many of other ancient civilizations copied from Genesis. Because these civilizations, these humans, though they were pagan, they inherently knew that something had to make this happen. Something. Something triggered it, something created it, something made it, something keeps it under control. But because it denied God, they created their own accounts. Some of the most famous is Greek and Roman mythology. They have a God for everything, a goddess for everything. This one controls this, this one controls that. Because in their mind... 
It is impossible for all of this to be controlled and kept together by a single entity. They have creation accounts. But because they reject the God of Scripture, they fall into deception. Only most recently have humanity become so dumb, I don't know what other word to use, that they think nothing created everything. And that's only in recent human history. We have an account, clear account on creation. Humanity being the pinnacle of this creation. Something that God took great pride in. Not just pride, but also love. He created everything perfect. He created it for men to enjoy. And still the goal of creation is for us to enjoy creation. Except now we're dealing with sin. And we're going to learn later how even God provided a way out for us in that. We sinned against God. We broke communion with God. We broke the relationship with God. And yet God continues to demonstrate His love and His goodness and His mercy by Himself providing the sacrifice needed for us to be freed from sin. So just to end, let's look at some verses that continue to reemphasize just how important humanity is. Turn to Genesis 9-6 with me. One question I see in debates with atheists a lot is the debate of morals. Where do morals come from? In the atheist worldview, there are no morals because whatever you think is right is right. But even atheists copy from Scripture to try to develop morals. We know we have morals because God has implanted it in our conscience and we have the word to guide us, right? So one of these dilemmas that atheists have a hard time explaining why it's wrong is murder. Genesis 9-6, we see exactly why murder is wrong. I'm sure most of, most of you, if not all of you, think murder is wrong, right? Hopefully all of you. But it says, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. Why? For God made man in his own image. We are destroying the image of God by taking the life of someone else. Let's go to Romans 8.29.
man destroys relationship with God. Man sins against God, dishonors God. Dishonors his image, dishonors his likeness. And yet God provides a way for our image to be restored. Verse 29, Romans 8 says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Remember now, we have the image of Adam, which is sin, rebellion. And now we must be conformed to the image of his Son, Jesus, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And just as the beginning of creation, we see that God gives, right? God gave Adam the ability to work. God gave Adam the garden. God gave Adam a helper. God gave Adam a spouse. Adam destroyed all that broke the relationship with God, and we see that God continues to give. God continues to give. Let's look at another passage, Colossians How are we being made new? How are we being conformed? Let's do verse 9. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. What's that old self? The old self is what Adam inherited to us. Sin, rebellion, disobedience to God, a broken relationship with him. When you come to God, when you come to Christ, you put off that. And in verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So when we come to Christ, we are being transformed back to the image of the creator. Renewed in the knowledge. Why? Because we broke that relationship with God. But yet God himself is the one Restoring that he's given us that relationship back. And let's go to James 3 9. And we'll finish with this one. It's talking about the tongue. Verse 8 But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. And again, it goes with what Chance was preaching this morning. And it's the importance of guarding our tongue. Why is it that when we insult someone, why is it that when we hurt someone, it's such a big deal? Because we are insulting and we are hurting someone that was created in the image of God. We're spitting on that creation. We are 
regarding it as less than what it actually is. We are telling God, this is not good enough, therefore I will destroy it. I will hurt it. We must be careful and properly understand just how important we are before God's eyes. Humanity, again, is not an accident. Humanity is not just another animal that just happened to have evolved further than another animal. It is very specifically designed and created by God to reflect His likeness and His image. Because of sin, we don't do that perfectly, but God has established a plan to begin to restore us once more to that likeness and image, and that is through His Son, Jesus. We'll be looking at the fall of man and the redemption of man coming up. Please keep this in mind, students. If anything else from today, that God created you specifically. He designed you. You're very important to Him. You're not just an animal. But at the same time, you need a Redeemer. Because we have all fallen short. And that Redeemer, that restoration, God provided for through His Son, Jesus. Will you trust, place your faith in Christ so that you can begin to be restored to the likeness, to the image of God? Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you so much for the history we have in Scripture. It's so simple, Lord, spelled out for us. Lord, help us to understand it, to believe it, to stand firm in it. Lord, to look at ourselves the way you look at humanity, which is with great importance, great significance. Lord, because of Adam, we are stained with sin. That perfect relationship between Man and God, it was broken. And yet, Lord, humanity broke this and you sought to restore it. Lord, we thank you because you want to restore our likeness and our image to reflect your son, Jesus. Lord, please forgive us for the times that we sin and we bring dishonor to you. We bring dishonor to your image, to your name. Help us, Lord. Give us wisdom to live lives that will honor and glorify you. Help us control our tongue, Lord, because that is what we do the most damage with. With irreverent words, with insulting words, with unbeneficial words. Help us, Lord, to build each other up. Lord, thank you for surrounding us with brothers and sisters that want to honor you as well. Lord, you know how hard it is to live life alone as a human. 
And you have established a way for us, Lord, to have friendships. Thank you, Lord, because you have given us the ability to marry so that we can have a companion for the rest of our lives. Most importantly, Lord, thank you because you gave your son so that we can have a relationship with you once again. May we never take it for granted and always be grateful and humbled just at how good and how merciful you are. I pray that you give these students, Lord, the ability to stand firm on the truth, that they will understand just how important they are to you. Lord, that they will decide to live a life that will honor and glorify you. Give us all the strength to represent you well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.